you want to be free. The first thing you have to think about is what kind of education should we possess? Two words, death. Two words, death, death. Education. Two words, death. Two words, death, death. Education. Death, death, education. My melody was always kicking flavor. The Ari Posse said, yo, Latif, well, we can do this. So I paused and took a thought, then went really sad, caught cause I agreed, cause I already knew this. Now you should want to plex, cause I'm in full effect. We Latifa is five or on this set. Even begging and dying for somebody's rhyming and set to free. For God so loved the Lord, he gave to me. I'm cool and teaching those leading school and the mic that's smacking my head, I'm ruling. So we pray your mind for my lifeline and meet the new queen of real badness. Latifa has a spirit so head for the water and dive into the raft of my madness. Cost the living, gets in higher. Cost them to run away. Then Latifa gets in higher. Cost them to run away. Cost the living, gets in Jesus, got the money 
What's up, everybody? This is Andre Benito Mountain, and you're tuned into the Death Education Podcast. And tonight I have a special guest. This gentleman is an educator, he's an artist, he's a writer, and he's a community activist. Uh, he is doing some amazing work with our young people, and also he has some great insights on the culture that we love, hip hop culture. So I want to give it up for our special guest, Mr. Amin Kush. How you doing, sir? Yes, yes, yes. I'm doing excellent, excellent. Thank you for having me. Oh, no doubt. We're honored to have you. So tell us briefly, who is Amin Kush? Okay, so who is Amin Kush? Uh, You said so many great things, but when I think about myself, uh, foremost, uh, I'm definitely, you know, a family man. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And then when I start peeling back those layers, I'm a, a youth advocate um, i'm a teacher i'm out here working doing everything i can to empower uh young people i'm a writer uh i'm a music artist uh you know just so many things uh that that encompass uh you know the, who i am and i think when i get right down to it um just at the core of my being i'm a genuine person who just cares about other people i never have to fake you know my love for myself or people those things just come come natural at, at at the core of who and what i am absolutely so let's we're gonna get into some of your writing tonight and we're gonna get into some of the projects you've been doing but also your influences If somebody says spell the word flick then, how would you spell it? F lick. Flick then. F L I C T E D. F L I C K E D. F L I C K E D. I would spell it with the F L I C K. F L I C K E T. F L I C T E D. F-L-I-C-K-E-D. I spell it F-L-I-C-K-E-D. Holy shoot. F-L-I-C-T-E-D. F-L-I-C-T-E-D. Alright. Spell flick it backwards. Mmm. For the money. D-E-T-C-I-L. I want to just, you know, put a story about what it was like to grow up in the South, in Georgia, the culture, the way we were raised, the scenery. I mean, just, you know, it, it looks so different than what you might see up north or out west. And then wanted people to see how the music that was coming from up north and out west had an impact on us at that time period. Like that was the the music of our childhood because the South at that time, it wasn't like Atlanta in 2022. Like we didn't have like all of these Southern acts and a particular sound. So we were greatly influenced by other areas and their ideas. And that was a good thing, right? You know, I don't think any area should just be in and of to themselves. You want to celebrate what you are, but that impact and that connection that the music did for us was very powerful. So the story is a reflection of, of a young guy who 
1989. He's in the prime of his life. So he thinks, you know, in, in, you know, in middle school, getting ready to go to high school, he's into the music, the culture, hip hop. He's having his first taste of girls, crushes, people he, he wants to date. And then he has other friends who are in the street life or trying to make uh, a way out of no way. And so he has to take all of that, plus what's going on in his household, the family drama, what's going on with his parents, and figured out how to make a successful year out of all of these afflicted things that are coming at him at one time. And can he make it? Can he make the right choices uh, you know, to be able to, to, to navigate and, and grow into his manhood? What does the word flicted mean to you? Flicted. Well, when, when I was in high school and they called somebody flicted, I mean, they, they were like mentally challenged, like in a way where if you did something crazy or outlandish, they called you flicted, like you didn't have common sense. Okay. Ah, off the top, crazy, retarded, okay. mentally disturbed. Uh, flicted to me means that something's going wrong, mm -hmm. something's happening to you. Flicked Yeah, I think that's so critical that we, we understand where Southern hip hop and Southern culture fits into the grand scheme of things. Because when we talk about hip hop so often, we don't talk about the South and the experiences that we had in the South, listening to music that was initially from outside of the South and then developing our own sound. And when you think about this thing of developing your own sound, Savannah itself has its own little culture. So talk about that, how the culture of Savannah impacted you. Well, yeah, I would definitely say um, Savannah definitely has its own culture, the way we talk, that elongated, like even I'm trying to emphasize it right now. It's like, hey, bro, did you, you saw what they just was doing over there? Like that, nah, that you know, work. like all of those types of things yeah. is, is a part of, of it. And Savannah, you know, the good and the bad. Savannah has a lot of Gullah Geechee culture there from the way we cook. You grow up eating a lot of rice, red rice, low country bowls, yeah. uh, people laying out crabs on the table. Like all that's a part of that, that culture, that just community that, you know, that the love that's there. Um, and that could be, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. Um, and then there's also those challenges that are there because when you peel back the layer of a lot of those things that we love and appreciate about, you know, you know, the city, um, we know that, hey, you know, Savannah had a really, really, really uh, deep history dealing with slavery, dealing with the oppression of black people and their freedoms. You can even look at how a lot of times I was talking to somebody about it was like sometimes it's a vibe in Savannah where just, you just feel like this tension and you think about, you know, all of the, you know, parts of the city that were, bit, were built upon, you know, old black grave sites yeah. or, you know, just the history that was hidden there. And like, I would go, I thought it was, it's, it's so funny. I was talking about language. I was asking some of my younger family members, I was like, do y'all even know, some of the words that we use where we they come from and i pulled up a video that was breaking down some Gullah Geechee words and they were like i don't even know what that is and i'm like why don't you know that like you've been growing up in the city your whole life 
and school has never said, you know, made you feel proud or, or what's around you. So again, it's so much to be proud of. There's so many accomplishments, but then again, it's all of that, uh, you know, those things that are past and still happening where mm -hmm. black people are not able to fully, fully thrive, but it's coming. Yeah, I, I just think that there's so much information out there about the Geechee Gullah culture and language and food. Now we see a lot of these shows coming out on Netflix about the food and people are starting to see like this stuff comes right from African culture. Yes, absolutely. Now was Direct this about in school when you were in school in Savannah? No. No, not in not in uh, in middle school or high school, right? And again, and I know you know, being an educator, some things that you know in that time period, it wasn't it wasn't a standard, it wasn't a, an objective for them to say, hey, you should know these are the things that you should know. Now, of course, there were local people. Like if you went in, I remember my barber, Ulysses Davis, uh, who cut hair on Forty Fifth and Bull Street. And you can look him up now, man. He's a famous sculptor. I didn't know it at the time. I was just going to his barbershop like, man, wow, look at all these carvings, all of these African artworks, even, you know, things, um, you know, presidents he would carve. Like he just had all of this outstanding work. But he may, uh, you may be in the barbershop and listening and some folks are talking about things like that. Or I might go up on the corner and kick it with some older dudes and they know information. They like, hey, look, did you notice about, you know, that they built union camp on an old plantation, a rice plantation, like just stuff like you would just hear in the wind. And I would learn things like that as opposed to uh, in school, which that's kind of how hip hop was. When we was growing up listening to Rock M with KRS-One, the stuff that they were talking about at that time wasn't, in the school system, but that was a way of making us uh, more aware, just street knowledge, you know, I, I would say uh, cultural knowledge in the city. But I wish, man, that that had been in the school system. And that's really one of my things I really want to push into as I get older is to help it be a part of yeah. uh, the school system, for sure. So now when you went to, we're going to skip ahead, you went to Georgia Southern University. What did you major in? I majored in history. Okay, now how do you feel reflecting back years later through an African lens and through the educator lens? I want you to put both of those on. Do mm -hmm. you feel like you gained a deep understanding of your history as an African, or do you feel like you got a degree in history, but there were still holes in that education? Oh, man, there were holes all day, man. I mean, just blowing in the wind, hanging off the hinges. There were some starts, but again, um, because I already came into it with a base level knowledge from hip hop, I already was looking at things in a unique way. And, you know, sometimes like I was, uh, I was talking to somebody we were discussing Southern hip hop, um, the other day, and I'm going to connect this back to your question. And I was saying, man, I love a lot of the groups that I, back in the day, uh, let's take eight ball and MJG, right? the tones that they used, it was like, man, this sound like, you know, people I know, right? So I, I connected with them on that tip. But as far as the information that they were putting out on the records at that time when they first came out, for me personally, it wasn't as, pro as progressive as maybe what I heard from a KRS-One 
or uh, a Rakim or something who is putting more knowledge and information, brand newbians out there, right? It's not to diminish the other one. It's just to say, this is what attracted me to that. So if, I, if I've listened to a brand newbie and I've listened to uh, KRS-One and Public Enemy, CIA, CIA ain't kidding. And then I go to a, a, a class at Georgia Southern University and we're talking about politics and the Vietnam War. You can't just talk over my head because I already know so much information, right? And so that lens allowed me to, to decipher what I was getting. Now, I did have some classes as I got older. Like I remember my African history class where, okay, hey, I don't know specifically about things like uh, learning about the different ways that the French and the British colonized Africa and the different tactics that they use or what makes Nigeria uh, absolutely different from the Congo or Ethiopia, like those types of things, that gave me a, 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 a good bit of information that would further me you know, along into the future for sure. So I do appreciate it. For that you're giving me more base knowledge in the areas that i that i just didn't have i agree i agree and I, I think that those experiences did you know like you said give you a base knowledge but i think hip-hop itself also had a curriculum of its own too yeah definitely what, what were some books that you were inspired to read specifically because you heard about them through the music uh i would definitely say uh Anthony Browder, the Browder Files, things like that, listening to Roz Cos, you know, at the time, um, books about um, KRS-One, when he was talking, I got turned on to Naeem Akbar, you know, that way, listening to stuff, definitely with Public Enemy, uh, Joanne Chesimard, and me wanting to read the story of Asada, I remember Common, you know, made a song, you know, about her, those things definitely, you know, come to mind. And, and, and that's, that's what I mean. Like if it was a book or it could just be something as, as simple as when Lauren Hill said, uh, I'll be Nina Simone and defecating on this microphone. I was like, well, dad, who is that? I don't really know. Like those types of things would make you dig and want to, want to, uh, learn more. So when you say hip hop, having its own curriculum, that's what I, I think of for sure. Niggas get the riffin', time and call Griffin, rest Floyd Adams, April Jenkins, listen. 